Welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast, proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monahan. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire, and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business, or you need to get to the next game, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If? It's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monaghan. I'm the media manager here at the Rabbitohs. I'd like to welcome my co-hosts, Mark Ellison and Shannon Donato. How are how are you, gents? Very well, Jez. Um, good to see you back again doing the doing the show. Um, mate, that's amazing how you work. That. How do you know what button to push or music? Oh, that's got me beaten. Well, I've got everything set out here on the on the desk. I've got my run sheet written here, and as you know, I managed to stuff it up the first time this morning. So. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very intricate mechanisms there. It is, but uh, yeah, the old roadcaster, it does the job. Does no, the job. Sure does. We'll give you a go next week, LA. Uh, yeah, we might take about four hours to film the show if we do that. It'll be like an episode of Edward Scissorhands. All right, 15 laughs, Shannon. <laughs> Shannon, how are you today? Very well, thank you, Jez. How are you? I'm very well, very well. Ready to get underway here. Now, first of all, I wanted to thank the people that have given us um, a five-star rating and provided some feedback lately. A bit of a shout-out to two of our great members, David Morton and Jeremy uh, Jeremy Muir. They've both given us some great positive feedback this week. It sounds like the, the light entertainment that we're providing here on the podcast is suiting a, a majority of people. I also want to thank a gentleman called John Campbell who took the time to give us some feedback as well. He His wasn't so glowing, but that's okay. We want to hear everybody's opinion on the show so that we can improve it every week. He was after uh, some hardcore footy chat and I responded to him and just said, look, that's not us. We're here for a laugh. If you want the hardcore footy stuff... Have a listen to the boys on Rabbitohs Radio on the interviews during the week. To be fair, we're expecting a lot more negative comments, weren't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. If you hear some footy stuff, you better speak to somebody who knows something about football. <laughs> That's With a very good point. Up the wrong tree, <laughs> that, that is a very good point. But we want to thank John, um, David and Jeremy for their feedback throughout the week. And if you have any feedback, uh, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform and leave a comment uh, on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. Now, as we do each week, what's something that you've learnt this week? We'll start with you, Shannon. Well, coming into round one, I'm just getting more and more excited, and I've just learnt just how much I miss footy. I just I can't wait for Thursday night, particularly big game against the Storm. We've haven't had much success down there, and uh, you know we had the season launch uh, last week, and just seeing the depth of our squad, there's such anticipation um, from me, from all of our members, our sponsors. It's a really exciting year. So what I learn is I can't wait. Bring on the footy. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Shannon. The, the, the season launch was fantastic the other night. One thing I've learned recently is that Harry and Megan are out of the will. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Not a true word has been spoken on this podcast this morning. What, a, what an absolute bombshell that is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just, just weird, all the machinations around it, and now – Dad's come out and started back in the royal family against his daughter yeah. and things like that. It's amazing. Oh, out of the world. That reminds me about a bit of slip up with my young bloke, James. He was sitting on his grandfather's, grandfather's lap when he was about four years age, and he said to his grandfather, my father-in-law, he said, Pop, I want you to make a noise like a frog. He said, why? He said, can you make a noise like a frog? He said, please, Pop, please do it. He said, what do you want me to make a noise like a frog for? He said, because Dad said when you croak, we're going to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Very good. I like That's that pretty intro. Pretty good for you, Shannon. Uh, it is. It's not bad, early on. <laughs> Very good. And a big shout out to James Donato for keeping his father sane. <laughs> <laughs> As we head into the start of the footy season. For me, something that uh, probably not learnt this week, but over the last couple of months, is that footy cards are back. Now, I remember when I was a kid, uh, everything was about the footy cards. You'd go to school with your your stack of cards with a rubber band around it and you'd swap your, for your favourite players. Well, rugby league cards and sporting cards across the world 
are going gangbusters. Recently, a, a Tom Brady card, the uh, quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the GOAT, as they call him in the NFL, one of his cards went for over $1.3 million US dollars. It's becoming a, uh, a place to invest these days. Um, and rugby league cards, they're not hitting those sorts of levels, but they're starting to get... Uh, they're starting to get up there, some of the cards, and the new set for 2021 um, came out this week, and that led me to go back into my archives at some of my cards that I had as a kid, and I wanted to look for my favourite player of all time, Mark Ellison, in his red and green gear, one that I would have had from a kid, and I could not find it, and I found out the only card they ever released of him was this special card here, playing for the Sharks. It was a 1987 Scanlon's Mark Ellison Sharks card. Unfortunately, I still don't have the chewing gum that goes with it. <laughs> I'm surprised you got any of them, Jess, because I thought I'd bought every one of them. <laughs> very good. You know, that's very rare, the one, uh, one of LA running the ball, but what's even rarer is one of you making a tackle. <laughs> I might have to get you to sign that one later for me, Ella. Now, the next one I've got out of my archives is a 2002 Daily Telegraph Shannon Donato Panthers card. I think this may be one of the only ones that was made of Shannon as well. And speaking of your son, James Donato, that is the spitting image of your son right there. Oh, I feel sorry for James. <laughs> this is what James, he's going to look forward to. James, this is what's coming. This Good is what's uh, coming. What a chick magnet. What about the boys on... You're uh, actually smiling there too. Yeah, I don't, you don't yeah. see that very often around the office, I must say. Now, what about the boys on Rabbitohs Radio? I thought I'd better check them out as well. Darren Brown. I've got a 1992 Regina Darren Brown Rabbitohs card in his red and green. Brownie with the yeah, Paul is, huh? Siren and head tape oh, trying look, to look tough. Look at that. Fantastic. I think he's packing into a scrum there, or maybe he's just <laughs> leaning on a bloke at marker. Who knows? Well, that's a, yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> sure what's going on. We're going to expand on that, Jeremy, for sure. Now, the piece de resistance. I have a signed 1988 Scanlon Steve Maven Rabbitohs card and the beautiful pink colouring of the card. And, uh, again, no, no chewing gum coming with this one. Look at that. Hey. He signed it and he spelled his own name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> There That's you go, amazing. Mavo. Oh, I've kept that since 1988. So, anyway, footy cards, they're back. It's a great bit of fun. I know there's a, a lot of collectors out there, and the Rabbitohs are one of the uh, the teams that everyone likes to collect, so it's hard to get the full set of the Rabbitohs cards, but we do our best. Anyway. Hey, Jez, have you heard about the um, – you're just speaking about how rare and collectible the non-fungible um, – Cards now, they're basically the virtual cards. They're selling for hundreds of thousands. Yeah, the digital clips. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's amazing. I've heard some stuff about that, and there's a lot of conjecture about them because they're like, people are like, I can just go onto Facebook and watch that. Why, why do I, what do I collect? And they're saying they're all numbered and they've got special serial numbers and microchips in them or something. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, that blockchain. Could, yeah, that could be the next, the next big thing, but... Um, yeah, when I heard about that Tom Brady card going for over $1.3 million, I thought, geez, maybe that signed Mavo card, maybe that's got some uh, – maybe that'll hit the million mark at some stage. Yes. <laughs> my one might get you a free pie. At the, I, said, I said might. Yeah. I was going to say, that's not a bad swap. Yeah. But anyway, uh, right, we'll move on now to our first top four topic of the morning. It's the top four players that you would have liked to have played with in history. We'll start with you, Ella. I had to think hard about this one. As, as you've seen each week, it's really hard to nail it down to four for me. But I just collectively, that group of Rabbitohs in the, in the late 60s and 70s in those teams with the, the McCarthys, the Coots, the Sattlers and all that, and um, just to play in that team with such great players around you. I mean, back then they had reserve graders being picked to play for Australia. So players in reserve grade were better than other teams in their clubs. And that, that's in other clubs. So that's why they were so destructive in, in their time in, in, uh, in that era. Um, I think I'd have loved to play with Greg Inglis too. I think um, Greg Inglis, you know, he's arguably done some of the things on a football field that other players haven't done. He was the first player in that, you know, in that test match centenary test at the cricket ground that actually hit the ball back in, you know, full length, hit the ball back in for a try. And and if you look at it, you know, the athleticism for him to get to that ball and hit it back in um, to, for a try, I think that's the first time anyone had seen that happen. We've seen it since, but he could do that. That try he scored um, against the Broncos, I know I've mentioned this a hundred times before, 
be on the side on that day up at, at uh, Suncorp and watch him. I think he beat about eight or nine defenders and looked like he was stopped three or four times. Yeah, having a player like that in your team and being able to play alongside him says, uh, you know, you're going to be hard to beat in most games. Yeah, know? absolutely. Um, other players, there's many from my own era, but one player uh, I always admired as a kid and, um, you know, he played for Balmain and the Roosters and Captain Australia, Arthur Beetson. Mm. He was just – he was a player that could offload the ball. He had amazing skill. He, he was quite quick for a big man. Um, and he had a leadership qualities that, that just exuded from You could see it, watch him on the field, that if he did something, all the players wanted to go with mm. him. Um, and, you know, he's one of the greats, the greats of our game, you know. Mm. Um and, you know, you always want a good halfback in your team and someone who thinks you can change the game. And in my mind over the years, uh, I talk about Greg Inglis as one of the great players I've ever ever seen, and there's many of them, but a uh, guy like Andrew Johns, I mean, he, he was super in his era. Uh, and there are other players, that, halfbacks and players I compare Andrew Johns to, but Andrew Johns had it all. He was a, he was a really solid defender. He could score a try. He could set it up. His kicking game was magnificent. He was a leader like Beetson. Mm. Um, and on top of all that, he was a top-class goal kicker as well. Mm. Um, you know, and he and he loved to party as well. That makes it even better, you know. <laughs> but, but, no, I mean, he was, he, was a, he was a great player of his year. And I think playing in a team like that, you know, if you're, if you're a back rower or a centre or, or, or a strike player, I think you just wait there and listen to what he tell you and just turn up where he where he wanted you to be. So I'm sure he'd get the football in a good spot. So, yeah. so there they are. Oh, very good. Good top 42 there from LO again <laughs> this week. <laughs> Fantastic. I like it. I like it. Jez, Jez, the jag of the weeks later, mate. Stop pulling us apart, mate. I've got feelings, you know. Uh, very good. <laughs> Shannon, your top four. Um, well, he'd have to be in this top four. Um, he's the great Mario Fennec. He was just mad when he played. Like, he just had his eyes rolling back in his head and he would just kill anybody. And I reckon just to stir him up on the field, and I'd rather be playing with him than against him, that's for sure. But, yeah, Mario, I just think being part of that mayhem would have just been fantastic. Yeah. I, I would have loved that. Well, Ella, you had the chance to play a lot of football with Mario. What Was it like that? Was it just watch the eyes spin and let him go? Or? Yeah, it was. I mean, his nickname was Test Match back in the day because every part of his, his preparation, game day, everything was just you know, to the minute and to the best of his ability. He was a, as good a like professional player, although we weren't in that era, but he was doing everything, ticking all the boxes back mm. then. And before we go out on the field, he'd just call everyone in. There were no, you know, game plans of that we talked about. We'd already spoken about that. But he'd just say, let's go out and give it to these. Yeah. And that was it. The same every week. And obviously we had the team, you know, to do that. Mm. Uh, really intimidate other teams. And, and he went from the front. Yeah, I, I I recently watched a game of Mario, and you talk about you know intimidating, and it was the Battle of Belmore where they were playing against the Bulldogs at Belmore, and there was you know a lot of conjecture over who had the toughest pack, and they had Billy Johnson as hooker, and we had Mario, and you know who was the toughest hooker in the game, and who was the toughest pack in the game, and there's they've kicked off somebody's returned the ball from the kickoff. Mario's gone the dummy half. He's picked up the ball and he's run and he's beeline Billy Johnson. And before he gets to him, he just throws the ball away and goes whack and starts belting Billy Johnson. And Billy Johnson can throw him and Billy started throwing a few back. But it was just unbelievable. Just running with the ball, just throws it away. And he's in the way. He did say get three years if he did that. It was, it was hilarious. So Mario's definitely one of the top four, uh, you know, just mad and tough. Another guy who was tough, but um, he had a – Big influence on me. Actually, part of the reason why I stayed in rugby league was a guy named Jim Morgan played for Australia and played for South, a great front rower from up in Maitland. And he was he was one of his many nicknames was Gentleman Jim, and he was. He wouldn't swear in front of women. He was very, you know, just a lovely guy. He was very good to me as a kid. My my family didn't have a car. He would drive me to training. You and then here was this guy who played for Australia. And then I started hearing these stories as I got older about these how tough he was. There was one famous, the Battle of Brisbane against Cliffy Watson and um, Cliffy Watson's 
you know, headbutted him in the face, shattered his nose apart, and Jimmy just kept coming back at him all game. And I was, it just didn't make sense. I had this lovely gentleman guy, gentleman Jim, and this guy played for Australia. But then I realised, blokes, the really genuinely tough guys like Les Davidson and Jim, they are gentlemen. They don't have to be um, psychos off the field. So Jim Morgan is definitely one of the South greats and one of the guys I'd like to play with. Uh, another guy who had some time with South in a coaching capacity, but I learned so much from him, and that's the great Johnny Lang. I would have loved to have played with Lange. He would have just been chirping away all the time. He, he, he wouldn't be taking a breath. But, you know. Surely he'd be one of the best ever talkers on the field as well, <laughs> wouldn't he? <laughs> a great shout-out to JL. He's a, he's a great man. Um, renowned as a, as a great talker. But, you know, played for Australia, played Queensland. Um, and I learned so much from him as a hooker. And I reckon, uh, you know, when he was coaching me, I reckon if I played with him, I would have learned even more. So, so JL's the third. And the fourth... Is the great Mark Ellison. I would love to play with Ello. You know, he was in a tough year and a tough pack. He was a very skillful forward. And uh, I reckon I would have learned a lot from Ello because I just had a very basic game. And that's that's giving myself a rap when I say very basic. But Ello had all the skills. And I reckon he would have been really good to learn from both on and off the field. And I reckon every away game, he would have known the nearest Chinese restaurant. And <laughs> yeah, I, I would have learned so much both on and off the field from LA. So the great Mark Ellison's my four. What about do I, you, Jim? Why are you money? I just lunch at a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, question I've got. Out of your four, you've named two hookers. Where are you playing? Oh, yeah, very very good point. Uh, <laughs> on the blind side. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very number fourteen for Shannon Donato. I like it. Um, yeah, my my four players. Obviously, I didn't play football at the level that that you guys did. But the four I would have loved to have played with. Um, my number four was Brad Clyde. Just an absolute workhorse and a thoroughly nice guy. I got to know him a little bit when he was the Bulldogs media manager back when I first started in this role here at the Rabbitohs, and he was very helpful and, and a great fella to to chat with. So, and he was part of those Canberra teams that were just amazing football teams that came up against Ello's Rabbitohs mm. team and those Balmain Tigers lineups and he was one of those young guys that came through and played for Australia and New South Wales at a very young age and, and stayed there. He wasn't a flash in the pan. So Brad Clyde's my number four. My number three, as as you mentioned, Ello, Greg Inglis. Um, if he was in my team, the game plan would be get the ball to GI. It would just be get, get the ball to him <laughs> at every opportunity, which reminds me of the old staff touch football team that we had when uh, Reese Wesser first came on here at the Rabbitohs. We actually named the team Get It to Reese, <laughs> and Reese turned up for one game. So a big shout out to Reese. Must uh, be an old team. <laughs> <laughs> the, next year, the, next, the next year we named the team Don't Give the Ball to G. Yeah. <laughs> Well, funny story. The, the one game that Reese played, we were seven all going into the final minute of the game. Reese's made a bust up the middle. I was out in my customary position on the wings. I didn't like defending in the middle in touch footy too quick for me. I was out on the wing. Reese's made a bust. I've tried to follow him. He's thrown a beautiful left to right pass out in front of me, but he didn't realise I'm not as quick as Reese Wesser, and it was just past my fingertips. Yeah. So I missed the winning try in the I'm game. Glad, I'm glad you said you didn't want to play in the middle because it was too quick in touch. Yeah. I thought you were going to say because it was too tough. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, too quick for me. No, that's why Brock Schaefer was on the other way. <laughs> Oh uh, very good. Very good. Um, number two for me, Clive Churchill. I've heard all of the stories. Obviously never saw him play, but um, I would have loved to have seen him play, let alone having played with him. But the stories that you hear that um, Billy Slater was similar to him, but potentially not as good as Clive. And uh, the leadership of the man being a captain and a, a coach of this club, he's someone that I definitely would have loved to have played with if I had the opportunity or even just to have seen play. There's a great story that someone relayed to me years ago about when he was coaching and they, you know, they were successful at that, that stage, but they'd lost two in a row or something. And the media, he was out in the middle of Redfern Oval with the team all around him. And the media had set it up, oh, Churchill calls a crisis meeting at the Rabbitohs, you know. And next minute, there's just laughter. He's just called them all out there to tell them a joke. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> they went, went on and won the comments. Uh, it's a bit like Wayne in some ways. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, is that where you learnt your coaching skills? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get my jokes from you, mate, I'll tell you. <laughs> Well, that, that reminds me of a story about Wayne. I know I know Wayne doesn't like uh, people talking about Wayne, but 
I remember. Uh, Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I remember two years ago, his first captain's run before round one and we're playing the Roosters and everyone was psyched up for it. I had Wayne Bennett's leading the team against the Chooks in round one. How could it get any better? All the media were down there getting ready for Wayne's hilarious press conference afterwards. Um, And I thought, I wonder if the boys will put on a show here. They'll show just how slick they're looking leading into this season. Anyway, Wayne had them play AFL. The whole (laughs) captain's run session. And all the journos are coming up to me going, what's going on here? I said... Don't ask me. <laughs> ask him in his press conference later on. <laughs> so uh, excellent stuff there. Clive Churchill, my number two. Number one, in similar vein to you, Shannon, Mark Ellison. Oh, my goodness. My favourite player as a kid. I would have loved to have played with you, Ella. It was great watching you play. It was great lining up for your autograph absolutely every week, except not on that filthy Cronulla card. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would have loved to have played with Yellow, my favourite player as a kid. So that's my my top four players there. I think at the start of the show we said we don't talk much about football because we don't know much about it. After, after naming me in your top four, I think that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it's your shout for bacon egg rolls before next week's show anyway now, Yellow. So very good. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. Now, the official Rabbitohs merchandise store, it's located down at Heffron Park Tennis Centre on Bunnerong Road in Maroubra. So if you're looking for the latest Rabbitohs jersey, the polo shirt that we're all wearing here, obviously they've got sizes for for big boys if you're looking for one. T-shirts, hats, flags, anything that you can think of, then head down to Heffron Park and see the merchandise team, Matty Perrison down there and the boys, and they can help you out. And it's right near where the new community and high performance centre is going to be built down at Heffron Park, right in the heart of Maroubra. You can also shop online at shop.rabbitos.com.au and Shannon, your head of commercial, have you seen a lift in, in merchandise as we head into round one and everyone getting ready and decked out for season 2021? Certainly have, Jez. Um, there's there's lots of kit out there already and we've got our new apparel sponsor in um, Classic who have put out some fantastic kit, including these um, black and gold polos that we're wearing today. If they can make us look good, they can make anyone look good. So thank you to Classic and make sure you get out there and, and get your merch in time for uh, first game of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Head down to Heffron Park, go into the Tennis Centre and check it out or online at shop.rabbitos.com.au. Now, our second and final top four topic for today's podcast, the top four sledges you've heard or said yourself. I might kick off with you for this one, Shannon. All right. Thanks, Jez. Uh, the first one was actually off the field, and it was from um, the great man himself, Shane Richardson, actually, who was uh, prone to a bit of sledging. And uh, <laughs> I remember going in, this one I was still playing football for a contract negotiation, I'm thinking. Didn't he call it employee feedback? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What a great euphemism. <laughs> employee feedback, yes. And uh, I was still playing. I was going in for, for my contract renewal. And I'm thinking, how am I going to handle this? Richie, Richie's a pretty tough bugger. And Anyway, this is how we started the discussion. Shannon, I've got you on minimum wage and I still reckon you're overpaid. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it didn't go really well, but I thought that was a great sledge. I've got you on minimum wage and you're still overpaid. So um, <laughs> so I'll give number one to Richo, oh, very the good. great man. Uh, my brother Nathan, um, you know, supposed to be a loving, supporting brother, and he is actually in, in most areas, and was a good footballer himself, played lower grades at South and uh, the Tigers, but we won't mention that. And uh, a lot of I think they got you mixed up with him when they were selected. <laughs> yeah. They meant to pick him. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> very good, very good. And uh, he came out and he watched me play about my third first grade game. And I was really excited. My older brother was there, and one of the first games he saw me saw me live. And and you've probably heard me use this expression, but he was the first time I heard it. He used it with me. I said, "Oh, how do you think I went?" He said, "Good, but." Uh, I'm going to start calling you the Labrador from now on. You spend so much time bludging on the blind. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to my loving brother Nathan for that one. Um, uh, the other one, and I think he's used this on a couple of players, but he definitely uh, used it on me, was the former Rabbitohs coach and great Australian second row, Gordy Tallis. Um, played against him uh, in 
one semi-final and they knocked us out when he was still at the Broncos and uh, he, we were packing into a scrum and they got, you know, it was 16 points ahead with 10 minutes to go or something and we, he knew we couldn't come back and beat him so, he, you know, he's he stated, oh, boys, have a beer for me tomorrow, Mad Monday, hey, have a good Mad Monday, we'll have a, we'll have a final to prepare for, you'll be having your Mad Monday and it sort of always irked me a little bit. I thought, oh, you know, it's a bit harsh. They've got us beat. The season's over. We're, you know, we're a bit down and still still sledging and heckling. So, you know, I, I just always stuck with me. I wasn't really angry about it. But, you know, uh, finally got a chance to play the Broncos uh, in a semi-final where we were knocking them out. And um, it just sort of came back to me just as we were about to pack a scrum and we were ahead by about 16 points and the Broncos couldn't beat us. And uh, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to screw. Hey, Gordy, have a four X tomorrow at the Mad Monday <laughs> for me. You know, I thought, oh, that's a good right comeback. <laughs> really bright. And he turned around to his mates and he said, can somebody get me a big league program so I can find out who this myth is? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Too good for me, Gordy. Very Way too good. good. I think he's used that with a few people. And then <laughs> and the fourth one is actually from my colleagues here at the Rabbit House. Throw off. <laughs> <laughs> throw off. <laughs> it makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> the fourth one, Jez mentioned our, our um, touch team here that we have for all the staff at the Rabbit House. And uh, we were playing one time and we finished our last game. And uh, I said uh, to one of the well, one of the boys said to me, actually, oh, that shirt's a bit snug. You know, you're going to have trouble getting it off. And then one of the other, one of the other staff said, Getting the shirt off. It's that tight. I thought it was painted on. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah, they're my, they're my four sledges, um, which probably speak to my football ability or lack thereof. So. Was that the touch team where there's video footage of you limping from the field with two torn hamstrings? <laughs> it is. And that's as fast as I got all year, actually. So, yes, that is the same touch team. Hence, I don't play anymore. Uh, that exercise, I love it. I could sit and watch it all day, but... Um, uh, it's not for me anymore. Uh, <laughs> very good. LA, what have you got? Yeah, I haven't got four of them, Jez, but I've got one that just came to mind then when, when Shannon was talking about. Just one of my, my best mates or my best mate, Russell Byrne. When I, when I came back into coaching, um, I came back and, you know, I was excited about getting back with the rabbit and everything like that. And at the time, at uh, just previous to when I started, there was a coach at, at the Panthers. The Panthers were really struggling. His name was Lenny Stacker. Right, and they, he didn't have a lot of success, but a lovely bloke. Didn't have the cattle on that to, you know, to get any results. But you know, he, that, I think they were wooden spooners, and you know, he was going to get the chop or something next year. So he gave me the nickname of Lenny Stacker. So every time he said, "Lo's got a case," that's that's the next Lenny. He told me. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's well, probably right. The just bludger. by coincidence, our guest next week is Lenny Stacker. So. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk to him well, about that. His family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can you put him in another room and just we'll zoom him into this? One? <laughs> Very good. Another another good one was um, uh, yeah, I love cricket and I, I followed it a lot and played a little bit when I was younger. But um, in an Ashes Test match, um, there was this this bowler from England, Jimmy Orman on debut. He was a spin bowler and he's he's come up bowling to Mark Wall. And Mark Wall's hitting for three fours and a six in the over and just give it to him and then gone up and quietly said to him, mate, uh, how does it feel to be the worst player to ever debut for England? He said, oh, I don't know, mate, but at least I'm the best cricketer in my family. <laughs> 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 That's a great line. That is a great one. That is a great one. And and the other one, Viv Richards was playing county cricket many moons ago. We all know how devastating he was you know, playing cricket. And another young fast bowler from him was charging in. He bowled one wide outside off stump, and Viv's had a swing at it and missed. Right. Then the next ball is coming. He's wayward. The ball's swinging everywhere. He couldn't handle the conditions. It's gone down the leg side. Viv's tried to. Clip it off his toes, he's missed it again. And this young bloke, yeah, bowling against the master blaster, one of the greatest batsmen of all time, says to Viv, mate, you know what a cricket ball is, mate? He said, it's a little round thing like that. It's got stitches around it like that. If you bowl like that, it'll swing that way. If you bowl this way, it'll cut back in that way. <laughs> and Viv didn't say a word. Anyway, the next ball he's charged and he's tried to bowl it on the stumps. Ridges. Viv's just picked it up and hit it straight out of the ground and over the grandstand. He said to the bowler, you know, it looks like, mate, why don't you go and find it? (laughs) (laughs) 
very good. That is good. That's about me. That's me. I like that one. Well, I've only got one dad. Obviously, I didn't hear any on the uh, NRL field, but there's a great story about Steve Walters and Benny Elias. We mentioned Mario earlier on and his great rivalry with Benny Elias, so I'm tipping that Benny was pretty good with the lips. So um, him and Steve Walters going head-to-head in a State of Origin game, niggling, niggling each other the whole time, and I think a bit of a fracas broke out, and they got each other's by the by the collar and getting into each other, and Benny must have said something to to Steve, and Steve's gone, oh, settle down, mate. I've got to play for Australia next week. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a very good what, what about just sledges in general? Who were the, the best blokes on the lip out on the field when you guys were playing? Oh, Tugger. Tugger was the best. Yeah. He was the best of all time. I mean, yeah, I could have could have come up with 18 of them today, but I can't put them on the show. Yeah. You know, he was he'd just give it to them. And they, but that was part of the game. Mm. That was part of the game. And you know what? It stayed out there too, um, you know, which is good. I, it, it probably still goes on now. Um, I'm tipping I, I, I know I, another I, little I, cheeky half. I know. Back yeah, Renault <laughs> does a bit. You know, but uh, but I, I don't hear them, obviously, because I'm not out in the field. But, yeah, Tugger was very good at it. And, you know, just to put – Players off their game here and there, and yeah, some some players handled it, and they mm. they knew it was all about. But you could you could stir people up with it. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. What Trick, about you, Tricky Trindle? He was a great heckler, actually. I, I remember um, I remember one game at North Sydney Oval. He's just into Daisy and you know Gary Larson and Billy Moore, and um, you know he, I could just see them getting more and more fired up. And it was a pretty close game, and we we're ripping and tearing. And I made the Mistake of going down the short side on the cricket pitch on the on the eastern side of North Sydney Oval, and one of them, one of them got me. He winded me, and the other one slammed my head into the ground. I had concussion, and I was sick that night. And I just blamed Tricky for the next week. I said, "Mate, you were the one stirring up. You gave me concussion." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's interesting you, you mentioned Tugger there, Lo. I remember seeing a, an interview with him, and he was talking about the great Les Davidson and and how tough he was, and he used to say to Les, you do my fighting and I'll do your talking, Yeah, mate. that's so. right. That's right. <laughs> that's a, no, I'm tipping did. the talking probably led to some of the fighting <laughs> <laughs> at some stage. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did. It, it stirred up. It was good banter. Um, you know, and it, it, I think I think it more so happened back in the in the day too. I mean, yeah. these days they've got microphones and that, that everyone can hear what they're saying. So people, you know, you got the players are aware they've got to be, careful what they're saying and that on the field. Mm. So, but back in the day with no, no microphones and, you know, some of the refs used to cough a bit of a sledging too. You know? Yeah. But uh, we won't go into that either. I'm sure they did from the crowd as well. So some of the referees over, over the years. That's a, a great look back at uh, some of the more fun times in uh, your careers. Thanks for those insights there. Now, we've mentioned this initiative from the Rabbitohs over the last couple of weeks. It's Rabbitohs Plus. It's a new initiative from the club which will provide services for Rabbitohs members and supporters that they use every day. Things like mobile phone plans, travel deals, home and contents insurance, credit cards, car insurance, home loans, anything that really that you can think of those everyday items. Rabbitohs Plus can provide for you and your family some great deals. So you check those out at plus.rabbitohs.com.au and, and Shannon, it's been quite popular. Certainly has. Our members have been signing up in droves and, and I'm not surprised. You know, as I've said previously, we've worked really hard with our partners to make sure that they're really, really competitive offers. I mean, we've got prepaid phone plans um, for as low as $15, you know. So there's something from, you know, the, the lowest price point right up to, to lots of data and that's not just across uh, prepaid phones and SIM. There's credit cards, there's insurance products, there's finance. So I encourage all Rabbitohs members looking for a good deal um, to jump on and have a look. Very good. Check that out at plus.rabbitohs.com.au to learn more about Rabbitohs Plus. Now, our trivia question from last week. Last week's show was pretty much all about England and English players, and we mentioned the great Henderson Gill that played eight games for the Mighty Rabbitohs back in 1985. But our trivia question from last week was how many tries did he score in that 1985 season? Now, have you guys done your homework on this answer, or have you got a guess? Um, eight. Eight. Eight tries in eight games? 
I haven't done my homework, I must admit. So uh, I'll, I'll say 10. 10. 10 tries. Well, you haven't done your homework, so detention after this for you. <laughs> but uh, the you sound end... like you've enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we do detention in the bistro? <laughs> Uh, what, what, sit there and you're not allowed to eat? <laughs> I'll do my homework next week. Uh, very good. The, the answer to that from his eight games, he scored four tries. So he scored against Illawarra, Canberra, Parramatta, and Cronulla, and what an entertainer he was, Henderson Gill, those post-try celebrations. I think he was one of the first ones to kick those off, and they became such a phenomenon over the past 20 years. Those fantastic dance moves after he'd score a try reminded me of a young Mark Ellison up at uh, Randy Wicks after a, after a Rabbitohs win. Fantastic move. I was going to say, can you show us how it was done? <laughs> I'm stuck in my chair, actually. Uh, <laughs> Randy Wicks, what an establishment. <laughs> fantastic venue. Uh, are they a sponsor? No, we won't mention okay. them again. Um, <laughs> our, t- our trivia question for this week. Now, the great... John Sutton, Ello, you kicked off your segment on the Insider program with Sutto again this week. The uh, the Playmakers, we're looking forward to seeing that on the Rabbitohs digital channels. But he's the most capped first-grade player in South Sydney's history, all the way back to 1908. He played 336 games. Now, who is second on that list? This might catch out a few people, I think. But I think some people might have an idea who it is, but they might get uh, caught out. Now, the hint is he played 218 first-grade games for the Rabbitohs. And what amazes me with that stat is Sutto has played 118 more first-grade games than the man second on the list. It's just a phenomenal career that that Sutto managed to to produce here at the Rabbitohs. Yeah, he, um, and, he, and he played many of those games, you know, when the club was, was struggling. Mm. Um, and he, he was always the go-to man mm. for us back then. And, and it, you know, it's just been a tribute to him that he, he wanted to stay at the club all that time. And, um, you know, I think, I think he'd still be playing if, if the uh, off-season weren't, off-seasons weren't as treacherous as what they are yeah. <laughs> with the training and that. But, um, yeah, he's, he's been fantastic for the club. And he's still he's doing a, a good job. He's developing every week in his, his assistant coaching role at the SG Ball. Uh, he's doing courses, you know, to, so he develops his coaching and um, I think he's enjoying life, which is good. And, and uh, a proud Kenzo boy. He's a life member of Kenzo, my my junior club. Um, uh, he's had a fantastic career, obviously, for the Rabbitohs, but even as a junior coming through, he won a, a stack of premierships um, with Kenzo. There's a big mural there on Kenzo Oval of, right. of Sutto. And, uh, yeah, he's he, actually, he's my favourite Rabbitoh of all time because all of those things, you know, he, he stuck when, when times were tough and he helped pull us out of the mire and was a big part of the reason why we won that 2014 grand final. So I was glad he could hold up the trophy. And, and it's even better that he's still giving back with our junior reps now. He's just a, he's a fantastic fella and a fantastic club man. And we commemorate that in the uh, at the Oval at Redfin, you know, the players' video room where they go in every day. There's a big uh, picture of John Sutton holding that trophy up in 2014. So he's well thought of still today, as he always will be at the club. I've got to say, that try that Latrell Mitchell scored in the uh, – or didn't score, set up Cody Walker for in the Charity Shield game a few weeks ago, that reminded me so much of – John Sutton, the way he held that pass up. He had all the time in the world, got the pass around the back of the defender. Luttrell, and we don't like to make the comparisons, but a lot of people draw the comparison with with Greg Inglis because of his power game. But that game of touch and finesse, that's got John Sutton written all over it. Yeah, Sutto, I was lucky to coach Sutto, you know, at the start of his career here, you know, in the the under-20s and that. He he could play hooker too and bamboozle the markers. Mm. You know, he just... He just had that feel for the game, and uh, they, they caught peripheral vision and things like that. He had that, but he just, he just had a, a, a feeling of timing as well. He knew when to go to the line quickly or when to slow down. He knew how to get across a player to get to someone out wide. Or, and one of the biggest things, he was always big sad about playing through them rather than going around them. Mm. And often, you know, during games through his career, the half time was about let's not go around and let's go through. And he'd say that. Mm. And you know, you come out after half time and within five minutes we're down attacking their line. Everyone thinks we're gonna do this mad shift. There's a big dummy from Sardo, you go through them. 
and score and put us on the right track again. You know, he he's got an incredible football brain. Mm. He does actually. I when he did his peck, I think it was in round one. We played the Roosters maybe four four years ago or something, and he he did his peck at his shoulder, and he was out for a significant amount of time, and um, he he couldn't even train at one stage. So we used him to do some media and stuff while promoting games up at Cairns at the time, and then Western Australia. So. I got to um, and I I was taking him around. We're doing all this all this promotional work, and I got to spend a long time, a lot of time with him on the on the plane. And and I was just amazed at his football knowledge. He's like a like a professor of football, and you know, um, you know, I've never professed to be an expert, and I you know my knowledge of the game is is limited, very limited. But he just the way he could read a game and talk about a game and different players just absolutely amazing so he'll be he's obviously already great for our NRL squad but he'll be great for those junior players in the rep sides that he's coaching on the way through too yeah I think we might have to one morning when he's out for an early surf up at the uh, north end at Maroubra we might have to get him in afterwards to come in and join us one week on the top four podcast because I'd love to talk to him about his career and growing up in the local area and his top four on a, a few different topics I thought you might want to take it on site and get on a board next to him Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Want to be a thick ball, you know. <laughs> Need to be thick. There's the right devastation in the Amazon forest. <laughs> 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 we don't need any more trees going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Sutter would love that. We all know how much he loves the media and mic- microphones. Jesse would be really looking forward to that. <laughs> no, we'll get him in. We'll get him in. Shout out to Sutter, great man. Now, if you're looking for your next epic holiday or maybe a a long weekend away with your mates or you need to get to the next game, of course, we play some some travel games throughout the year, then it's time to what if it. What if has a great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Now, conditions apply with that offer, but head to to whatif.com slash rabbitos and check it all out. That promo code is rabbitos15 and what if it's Aussie for travel and what if have really got behind the club. They sponsor quite a few different things are involved in our pathways, involved in the digital side of the business and it's great to uh, have what if on board. Absolutely is. Daniel Finch, the managing director there, a great guy. He's you know, not only do they financially support the the Pathways teams and the podcast to make all these things possible for our members, but they obviously support our members and supporters with their with their discount uh, through the website if you book through the through the Rabbitohs site. And and he's also emotionally invested, uh, Daniel Finch. When we won the under twenties a couple of years ago, I fondly remember. Not only was he the major sponsor, but he was in the dressing room after the game out at um, Bank West with the squad cheering, had his um, son there, Presley, and I just thought he's everything that we wanted uh, at the Rabbitohs and our partners, you know. He's committed uh, and supportive both uh, financially to keep us strong but emotionally as well. So uh, I encourage all of our members and supporters to support those that support the Rabbitohs. Very good. And, yes, shout out to Daniel Finch and the whole team at What If It Is Aussie For Travel. Well, here we go. We've been waiting for this since last week, since Shannon's <laughs> fabulous joke that he told that got us in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry to all those uh, inmate listeners down there at Goldman Supermax. Uh, I apologise for the Ivan Milat joke. <laughs> Mark Ellison. Your joke of the week. It takes a little while, this one, but okay. uh, I think it's worth the punch on's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> let, let, us, let us know when you say it. <laughs> let us be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> There's two good mates, and they, they reside down in Bermagui, and they'd have a beer most afternoons at the Bermagui Boat Club down there. And um, one was Jack, and the other one's name was Billy Bloggs. And Billy just had this knack of knowing everyone in the place, you know. Jack's his best mate. He'd have a beer with him. Every time he'd be just about to take a sip or have a chat with him, someone else would come up and start talking. And Jack was starting to get a little bit pissed off with him. He said, oh, Billy, he said, I'll try and have a beer with you. Is there anyone in this world you don't know? And Billy said, well, I'm really, no, I don't think there is, Jack. He said, I, yeah, I'm pretty, I like to get around. I'm social and I do a lot of people. He said, mate, he said, I tell you what, 
I know you're a Labor voter, so there's no way that you'd associate yourself with ScoMo. He said, oh, yes, yeah, I know ScoMo, yeah. We went to uni together back in the day, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he said, rubbish, there's no way you'd associate yourself with Scoma. Right? So he said, well, he said, I, I do. He said, I don't, I'm just telling you I know. He said, I, he said, I want to go to I want to go to Canberra. We'll get up to Canberra, all accommodation, flights, everything. The loser pays, right? If you know Scoma, I'll pay for, you know, and I want to get to see if you know him. So anyway, they got the lodge at Canberra and Parliament sitting and, the, you know, Scoma's up saying a few words in Parliament. Billy walks into Parliament. Scamo stops. Oh, Billy, how you going, Billy? <laughs> he said, uh, "Yeah, sorry guys, but I've I've known Billy a long time. We went to uni together and everything like that." And poor old Jack, he's devastated. He thought he didn't know him, and he thought, "I'm sick of this." He said, "Plus, it's cost him for the accommodation <laughs> and the flights and everything." So, anyway, they go back to Birmingham the next week, and they're just having a beer again. Again, the same thing's happening. Jack's thing, he said, mate, I know he, he loves his footy. He hates Queensland. He hates Queensland. So there's no way, no Wayne Bennett. He says, mate, do you know Wayne Bennett? Oh, yeah, we're good mates. We're good mates. He said, I've helped him out a few origin series. I know I'm a New South Welshman, but he, we're good enough mates that I've gone in and helped him out. So he said, no way, you don't know Wayne. He said, so we're going to bet on this one as well. We're going to have to go up the, the rap, visit the Rabbitohs and see, see Wayne. But anyway. So Wayne's in the video room there, and and uh, you know going through the the pre the preview for the game, and and Billy walks in with Jack. Wayne stops everything. Says, "Oh, Billy, how are you, mate? How are you? What are you coming down to help me out with the Rabbitohs as well?" He said, we, "We're pretty good with Queensland, weren't we?" When you started, Jack Jack's nearly falling on the floor. Right? It's costing costing to come up to Sydney this time. Right? Anyway, they get back down there, and he's just you know he's just devastated. Jack, it's cost him a fortune. He's singing. Billy's an atheist. You know, obviously he doesn't believe in any religion or anything. There's no way you'll know the Pope. So he says, you don't know the Pope. He said, oh, come on, mate. He said, I've taken all your money now. The flight's over to Italy to go to the Vatican. That's a bit expensive, mate. I don't want you coughing up for that. He said, I know. Do you want me to get him on the phone or something like that? He said, no, no, anyone can do that. He said, I'm going to go. We got to go over. You don't know him, so anyway. <laughs> so anyway, they get they get over the Vatican and they turn up and there's sixty thousand people waiting for the Pope to come out on the on the on the balcony. And uh, Jack said, "Well, how are we going to know if you know know the Pope?" He said, "Well, I'll just get through the crowd. I'll come out on the balcony with my arm around <laughs> and the Pope. All right. So you just stay there. I'll do all the work. And he, look, if I can do that, do you believe I know him? He said, yeah, yeah, you won't be doing that. Yeah. He said, I'll get all my money back here because he's paid for the trip and everything like that. So anyway, there's this big roar goes up, you know, and the doors open on the balcony. And out comes the Pope with Billy Boggs with his arm around him. <laughs> and Jack... He's just lost it. And then Billy's sitting up there looking for Jack down in the crowd, obviously hard to see. But there's this big fight that's broken out with these two guys down down in the crowd. And Billy's looked over and he's seen Jack in this fight. So he's thought, I've got to go down and help him. Right? So anyway, off he trots and gets down there and he breaks the fight up. And there's a bit of claret coming out of Billy, but the guy he's given it to the guy he was fighting everything. Billy said, Jack, what are you doing, mate? He said, you can't do that. What's going on? He said, look, mate, I could handle Scomo. I could handle Wayne Bennett. But when this bloke said, who's that bloke standing up there next to Billy Bloggs? He said, that's what I lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was worth it, Ella. It was worth it, the wait. Very good. Oh, Shannon. Now I feel sorry for you. Because in seven days' time, you've got to top that with Shannon's joke of the week without offending anybody. Oh, very good. Yeah, that is doubly hard. I'll tell you why, the joke goes that long. That'll be the whole episode. Yeah. You know what? I know Billy quite well. We'll get him in as a guest too. We'll get him in as a guest one week. He, <laughs> he might know. have a few friends he wants to bring in. <laughs> oh, that, that's a winner. Well done. Hello. Very good. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Of course, you can contact us with topic suggestions by filling out the form at rabbitos.com.au slash podcasts or contact us via Twitter using at 
SSFC Rabbitohs and the hashtag Top 4 Podcast. Also, send us some pics of where you're listening to the Top 4 Podcast. We want to try and grow our audience to as many countries and cities around the world, so it'd be great to see where exactly you are listening. Don't forget, if you feel the uh, the need, you can write us a glowing review and give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. And please hit the subscribe button to automatically add our podcast to your feed every week. Now, don't forget to tune into our other podcasts on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network, including our regular media conferences leading up to games, including Wayne Bennett's press conferences, which we're going to get this week. It's uh, it's always a bit of a laugh the way he handles the media each week. And don't forget our audio version of the Rabbitohs Insider video that you can find on rabbitohs.com.au, the Rabbitohs Facebook page and, and other Rabbitohs digital channels. You can also tune into Chaps, Mavo and Brownie on Rabbitohs Radio podcast for some more hardcore footy chats and and their take on the Rabbitohs Football Club. It's always a great show and they're doing a great job at Rabbitohs Radio. Great to have them as part of the family. There they are there. Of course, that signed Steve Maven card. That's, that's my uh, retirement right there. Come on, Mavo. Talk it up. Talk it up. We need a buyer. Um, we'll be back next week with more from the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. It's powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us again. And I'm looking forward to next week already. Yeah, it was a pleasure to be here, Jez, and I'm enjoying each week. Very good. Do you mind if I borrow that joke, claim it as my own, and you tell can, other people? You can do that, Jez. You can do that if Very you can good. remember it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just ask Billy to remind me. Got a spare afternoon. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon, for your time again. I know you're a busy man. It's great to uh, have this hour or so with you every week and have a good laugh uh, midweek. It's great. You're welcome, Jez. I really enjoy it myself, actually. Excellent. Righto. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next week on the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast, proudly brought to you by What If. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast, powered by Audio-Technica and proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Rabbitohs.